Welcome back to another episode of Career Day, the podcast. I'm your host, Adam Zigner, a high school business teacher at Carlisle High School in Central Pennsylvania. Today, I'm joined by Andy Muttonen. Andy is currently the Associate Director of Athletic Training Services at the Pennsylvania State University, and he's also the head athletic trainer for, for the Penn State Nittany Lions football team. He also has had some similar positions at the University of Minnesota, University of Nevada, and Washington State University. Andy, welcome in. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, did I miss anything there? No, I, I think you got it all. Um, I will have to correct you on one thing. It's actually pronounced Nevada. Uh, that, that's one thing. I lived in Nevada for five years, and and I, I went there mispronouncing it, and everyone would yell at me. So now I now I'm the one that uh, that gets on people. So perfect. It's, perfect. Other than that, that's that's 100 correct. Awesome. Thanks a lot. So again, you know, head athletic trainer for Penn State football, um, associate director of athletic training services. How would you describe? Uh, your current role to somebody that doesn't have a ton of knowledge about, uh, you know, athletics or athletic training as a whole. Absolutely. So my, my, my main role and responsibility is the health and welfare of the, of the football players here at Penn state. And so I kind of view myself uh, or, or one way that I think of it anyways, is kind of like I'm the center of a wheel. So whenever something goes on with our players, health and wellness wise, we're, we're the first ones there to kind of assess the situation, make determinations as to where the care needs to go, uh, whether it's a dental injury that we need to then get with the dentist to get all that squared away to make sure they go to appointments and get all that squared away, uh, whether it's something that requires surgery, getting them to the right physician, uh, organizing all of that, and then doing all of like the rehab stuff on the back end. So we're kind of a go-between uh, when it comes to anything and everything uh, healthcare related for our football players. And we've talked, we talked a little bit there in the intro about the different places you've been. How long have you been involved in, you know, this field or role similar to the one you're in now? Yeah. So um, kind of how it started for me is uh, I got my undergraduate degree at the university of uh, North Dakota. I went to uh, the university of Colorado for one year as an intern. That's when I went to Minnesota to, to get my master's. In order to be in, in the, the field that I'm currently in and the positioning that I'm in, I needed to have a master's degree. So I got my master's at uh, the University of Minnesota, and I ended up staying there for a total of five years. Um, after that, then is, that's when I went to the University of Nevada. I was there for five years. That was my first experience as, as the head football athletic trainer, and then went to Washington State for five years. And now I've been here in the same role, head football. And then now I've been here for, this is my third season. Yeah, I guess this is my third, third or fourth season. I can't remember. I got here in 18. Um, so that, that's kind of what that is, has looked like for me. Awesome. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned in there um, getting your master's at Minnesota. Um, I assume you, you were, were you kind of a graduate uh, with, the, with the AT program there? Yeah, so, uh, so the way that it was when I was going through school, it is, uh, the academic side is, is starting to shift right now um, as a profession. But when I went to school, um, you had to get a master's degree in, in something related. Uh, something related. Um, and so I did uh, my degree for my master's was a, a business because um, I knew that I wanted to work uh, in, a, in a higher level position, in a head position. I knew that budgeting would become a thing that I would have to get used to. Uh, inventory, all of those types of things. So I wanted to get a, a, some business background. So I got an MED in uh, sports management. Awesome. So one thing that I've asked everybody I've talked to so far is kind of, uh, you know, your, your typical days, but 
I'm sure that for you, Saturdays, you know, in the fall would be anything but typical, you know, more of an outlier. But what about your typical days, you know, in season, out of season? What what are you doing? Yeah. So we kind of I always kind of think of it uh, in four different segments. So we've got our in season, which is uh, really August until for us this year, it'll be January 1st for the bowl game. Uh, Then we have our winter conditioning that will start when school starts and that will go to about spring break. Then we have spring ball, which is from after spring break to usually uh, beginning of May. Uh, And then we have summer conditioning, which is then from May until, until August. So, so each group, uh, you know, we're always busy, but, but each group is slightly different. So like today, for example, we'll we'll use today as as my example. Um, So today we opened up at uh, seven o'clock in the morning we kind of place our guys in different categories uh, depending on what your level of participation is. So if I sprain my ankle, let's say, and I'm unable to participate at all, uh, then I've got to be in the training room by eight o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, understanding what my class schedule is, make sure I work kind of around that. So we'll see uh, injured guys from uh, eight o'clock up until about 11. Um, if, if I'm a person that's injured, but, uh, but I'm still able to participate to some degree, then I've got to come in by, by 10 o'clock. If I'm a post-surgical person, then I got to come in by 10 o'clock as well. So we stay pretty steady from about 7 a.m. Uh, till about 11. Um, at that time, we have kind of a lunch break. We're still open because we still have guys coming in uh, to do uh, just general maintenance stuff or stretching or flexibility. Um, and then we start ramping back up. Typically, we'll, we'll practice in the afternoon. So we'll start ramping back up uh, with some more rehabs. Uh, our guys that aren't able to participate, they'll get two rehabs a day before practice. So those guys will get their second rehab. We'll also start taping everybody. We tape everybody's uh, ankles. Um, we probably tape about 95% of our guys' ankles for practice. Um, and then uh, we have a team meeting about 2.45 usually. Then we go out to practice for a couple hours after practice. Uh, then we're here probably for another hour and a half, um, you know, wrapping up ice, doing evaluations of things that happen during practice. Uh, and then we're done. So usually rolling out of here about nine. So, uh, yeah, day usually is from seven to till 9 p.m. And I know, uh, you know, what a bunch of my kids are going to are going to ask it, me if I don't ask you. What about a Saturday during the football season? What what kind of day do you have? there yeah so so saturday uh is different depending on what time the game is at um and it's also a little bit different depending on what what we have going on so what i mean by that is like for me personally that uh we stay in a in a hotel in town and i stay at the hotel with the players so if we're playing if we have a noon kickoff let's say uh we'll wake up at about six o'clock and uh i'll do stuff uh, with the team like during breakfast uh we'll have breakfast over there and then after that, we'll get ready and, and head over to the stadium. Uh, my staff, and, and we also have a, a group of students that help us as well, they get over to the stadium about five, uh, five plus hours uh, before the game so that we can get everything set up, set up all the coolers, all the ice chests, all, the, all that stuff. We've got all kinds of items that we have in our locker rooms uh, to help guys get uh, warmed up and, and mobilized and all of those types of things. Um, then we play the game and usually we're done again, depending on, on what the game looks like uh, injury wise, things of that nature. We're usually out of there a couple hours afterwards. So, you know, on the road, very, very similar. I mean, we football really is a, the creatures of habit. So we try and keep everything the same. Uh, so every noon game at 
seven o'clock, we're all doing the same thing every time, whether we're here or whether we're at Michigan or what have you. So, uh, so that kind of stays pretty consistent that way. Awesome. Thanks a lot. So, you know, you already touched on kind of the path you've taken was athletic training, um, football. Was that always the plan for you? Yeah, no, no, it wasn't, you know, initially, um, you know, for me, I became interested uh, in this area because I, I really enjoyed sports. I think a lot of people kind of start off this way. Uh, I really enjoyed sports, watching sports. Um, I was in a position, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. So at the time uh, when I was in, uh, when I was a freshman in high school, um, wearing sports apparel was really the popular thing to do. And I didn't have a whole lot of sports apparel for a variety of reasons. And I, I saw someone get hurt. And I saw an athletic trainer go out there and they were wearing a really nice jacket. I was like, man, I bet that guy gets that for free. So I started looking in to see what, what that, what that person was, what their role was, what they did and became really interested in it. Uh, I found a, to have kind of a knack for, uh, for, for working with people. Uh, I found a knack in, in, in the human body and kind of the medical side of it and just kind of started looking into it from there. Uh, I initially wanted, I, I worked as a student athletic trainer in high school um, and, and, and really decided this was kind of where I wanted to go with things. And I really wanted to work uh, in high level hockey. That was kind of my, my initial thing. And um, that was the, really the reason I went to the University of North Dakota was to work hockey there. And, and, and things worked out where I didn't get that opportunity. I worked basketball the year that, that I could have worked hockey. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. I, I really got exposed to a lot, really got thrown into the fire. Um, really, my passion build, uh, just really built up tremendously from that experience. Got to work men's basketball uh, by myself as a junior in college. It's a pretty big deal. It would never happen now, but it was of different times then. Um, and, and so from there, I said, okay, I really want to continue to pursue this. And, uh, but I, because I was at a smaller school, I wanted to experience what a bigger school was. And so uh, I took that opportunity to go to the University of Colorado, which is where I'm from originally. And uh, so I could see what a division one kind of situation was. And, and when I was there, I had the opportunity to, to work a little bit of football, uh, really enjoyed it. And again, was still going to look at hockey as my thing. Uh, when I was looking at grad schools, kind of came down to, to one school that was hockey. The other one was Minnesota and that was football. And uh, I, I jumped at football and I've just been really lucky uh, to fall into more football jobs. It, it definitely was not my intention, but it kind of got to the point where I started, you know, I started enjoying it and understanding the game more, enjoying the culture and atmosphere around football and great opportunities just kept happening for me. And I had said, well, until, until something changes, I got to keep running with this. So that's kind of how, how it went, to be honest with you. Absolutely. That's, uh, that, those are great. Um, kind of flipping to the journey as a whole, has there, was there somebody specific or, you know, like you mentioned the, the moment you saw the trainer running on the field, was there somebody specific though, that kind of helped you out or inspired you as you've been taking the journey to where you are now? Yeah, I think at, at each kind of stage, there's always been a person, uh, uh, that I looked up to or a mentor. Um, I, I think that, you know, when I was in, when I was in high school, working with the high school athletic trainer. Um, you know, that, that was big for me. He really established what sports medicine was, kind of set the groundwork uh, for me. His name is Doug Roweeder. Um, and then and then from there, when I when I went to Minnesota, 
um, my my supervisor there, uh, Ed Lockery, was was uh, amazing and really taught me a lot more, um, a lot more of the intricacies of it, a lot more of the strategies, the mindset, um, and, and even to this day when I find myself in situations where I, I'm maybe I'm not sure which way a situation needs to go or how I need to move forward. I always kind of think about what, what I learned from Ed and, uh, and uh, I've always used that. So he, he's probably the, the biggest mentor uh, that I've had. And that's something that, you know, you mentioned, that's a great point there is knowing those people who, you know, you can look back on and think of what would they be doing or how would they handle situations? Having those, those mentors really build that foundation for you is key. Something that I try to get across to our kids here is, you know, make sure, you know, when you're getting that information or you're learning from somebody, you know, take all of that in. You may not use it right now, but sometime down the line, you're going to think back to, you know, what would this person do or how did they help me out? Oh, without a doubt. And it's not always about being like the smartest person, but if I know and have the resources available to be able to look and, 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 and evaluate those, that that's where that person is going to be more successful yeah. to be able to realize and recognize, Hey, I'm in over my head, but I know this person can help me. And I can reach out to them. I've maintained that relationship so I can have those conversations. Um, that, that's huge. I've, I've tried to stress to the kids here that, you know, even myself, there's definitely, I am not the best source to go to for any topic we talk about. There's people out there who know far more than I do. And being able to admit that to yourself is a big step in, you know, really becoming that lifelong learner and really taking, taking keys from other people. Um, so a couple, uh, a couple of student questions that, uh, that they wrote down, they came up with before, you know, I mentioned I was speaking to you. Um, the yeah, first yeah. one was, do you have any particular advice or guidance that you would give to high school kids now looking to get involved in your field? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, this field has changed and morphed a lot. Um, you know, it, the most visible aspect of, of, of our field is collegiate and professional levels. Um, but, but, but we're also located in high schools. We're doing more uh, outreach stuff um, with uh, corporations are, are realizing that our people with our background can help out a lot in a lot of areas. Um, so there, there's lots of different avenues that you can go. Uh, I think that, like, again, the most in-your-face ones are probably college and, and professional. Uh, for us, we're, we're working a lot of hours, and I think not everybody fully understands or, and appreciates that sometimes. Um, so I think you, you have to have really great work ethic. You have to really love what you do. Um, you know, this isn't really – this is not a job for me. It's really a lifestyle, and it's not even a lifestyle for me it's a lifestyle for my, for my family, you know, like all of this affects, uh, affects my entire family. You know, my wife essentially operates as a single parent from August until, till January. And, uh, I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for, for her love and, and allowing me to do that. You know, my kids, I, unless I bring my kids to work, I don't get to see them a lot at certain times of the year. So to make sure that, that they are as invested in things as I am, that, that that's big. And so understanding that that's what it is. It's not, I, you can't just like show up for work and leave and leave it all at work. Like it, it, it doesn't happen that way. So um, at least again, in, in kind of the, the realm that I'm in. So that, that, that's my biggest advice is people think, oh, I bet it's great. And you get to work with all the players and everyone's nice to you and all these great things. And 
it's not everything's always as great as you think. And, and there's definitely, a, you know, having a, a solid work ethic and understanding what you're really getting into is important. Awesome. I think you touched on a couple of their questions with that answer. But uh, the final student question I have, um, what impact, you know, had, did you see in your current position during the pandemic? How did that, how did that play a role in athletic training where you're at? Yeah. So, I mean, that changed everything and turned it on its head. I mean, while, while everyone was kind of in lockdown, um, we were working diligently. I mean, I, I probably work just as much as I, uh, as I normally do during that time so that we can create um, all the policies and procedures that we needed in order to try and move forward uh, with testing, with how are we, you know, understanding what our limitations were, particularly early on in the pandemic when we were still gathering information, you know, how are we going to conduct a lifting session knowing that we have to be six feet apart? How are we going to do that knowing what living situations are and roommates? And, and so we, we sat, uh, a whole team of us sat and painstakingly put all of that together to create situations so that we could, uh, we can lift our players, we can run our players, we can bring them back to campus, that we could test them, that we can do all the things that we needed to do to be safe and appropriate uh, given what the landscape was, but also allow our, our guys to, to do what they love to do, which is football. So yeah, it turned everything on its head. I mean, my workload went through the roof um, and uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, I became a semi-expert in, in a little bit of everything. Um, you know, like uh, so much of it, everything we did had to be cleared uh, by me, which, you know, was flattering at times, but not, not all the times. And and uh, that's, that's also a lot of stress and burden as well, uh, trying to make sure that we're doing everything that, that we can, again, to keep our players safe, to keep the spread down, but also be able to play football or practice football. You might think that a football practice is not that big a deal until you start thinking of all the different restrictions and limitations that were out there and, and all the different health departments and entities we had to run everything by to make sure everybody was comfortable with it. Uh, not only from a university side, but the Big Ten side as well as NCAA side, um, it was it was crazy for sure. Hopefully, we don't have to ever do that again. Yeah. But uh, but we've got a good good foundation now of of understanding. Uh, spent a lot of time uh, educating. Probably educated more uh, than than anything else. Uh, I was on Zoom calls constantly with parents, players, coaches just educating them on what the virus was, why we were doing what we were doing. I don't think I ever spoke that much ever before and always kind of joked with people like, I can't wait to the moment where I just don't have to say anything. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, but that's, that's, that's kind of what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, that's, you know, something that everyone had to deal with, but you know, certain, certain entities had to deal with it even more so. So I've been ending all of these with one kind of wrap up question. Um, you know, being that I'm doing this for my students, is there any advice, you know, that you wish you had gotten as a high schooler about college, career paths, just life in general? It's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I think that, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm glad that I kind of did the path that I did, but, but I also think I wish I would have taken school a bit more seriously at times and really kind of buckled down a little bit more. 
knowing that I could have so much fun on the, on the back end of it. Once I got into my career and to, into real life, um, you know, I think I could have had, I, I, I think at times I put myself in situations academically that, that uh, were a lot harder than if I would have just studied a bit more and, and take, taken a few things a little bit more seriously. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, because I, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's something that I think, you know, people struggle with a lot is making sure that they, they give school the time that it truly deserves to make sure they're setting themselves up for the future they want. Um, so Andy, I want to say thanks again, though, for taking the time uh, to talk to me today. Um, you know, best of luck to you guys on January 1st. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing, you know, what you guys can, can do there. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thanks. So again, you know, say thank you to Andy for taking the time to talk today. Um, and thank you to everyone who's listened so far. More exciting guests like Andy are coming in the future. So please keep listening, checking out our social media. Um, please reach out with any feedback you might have, any guests that you'd like to see on here. Uh, you know, this is all to kind of explore different careers and what's out there for kids. So thanks a lot and have a great day.